It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is July 31st, 2018. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. I didn't realize it's already the end of the month. Unbelievable. This year is just flying by, isn't it, Bill? Yes, moving faster than the speed of light. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and joining me today as co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army Retired former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you. Appreciate that, Bill. And Bill always is the one that finds some news articles, but we've had a guest on just, uh, I believe it was a week or two ago, and it's got to do with the uh, uh, Veterans, the Medical Center out in D.C., and uh, Pat Craig uh, had a opening to an event. Can you tell us about that event? Uh, Gary, Pat has been extremely busy since the weekend. That would have been Saturday, July the 28th, where they mm-hmm. had a welcome welcome home ceremony for uh, veterans who've served the country. Uh, This was put on by uh, uh, staffers from the medical center. They had uh, 28 community partners, 73 volunteers, and Gary, they assisted 220 veterans and their families with claims, service-connected claims, uh, DD two, uh, form two fourteens when upgrading, uh, criminal record sealing and expungement. Uh, that, uh, as you know, has presented a lot of problems uh, as far as veterans are concerned uh, with their DD two fourteens and and those criminal records. So uh, that in itself is a tremendous accomplishment. Was this now, national? At- uh, well, for those folks who showed up at the uh, at the uh, at the uh, uh, medical center on this past Saturday, mm-hmm. it was a welcome home event that they had. Now, the the uh, her program continues uh, today as we speak through this coming Friday uh, with uh, the alternatives 2018 which is a conference that's being held at Catholic University of America uh, at, uh, at within, in the District of Columbia. And, Gary, their goal was for 400 participants, and so far they've exceeded that number by 50. So uh, uh, Pat's had an opportunity to see a lot of people and to do some great things and helping those who are in need and working on these alternatives. It's, it's more of a planning session that they're involved in at Catholic University right now. Mm-hmm. And you said that's uh, all the way up until August 3rd, correct? That, that is correct. This coming Friday. All right, can't beat that. And again, uh, hope she hope they uh, exceed it by hundreds. That would be fantastic for her. Absolutely. 
All right. All right. Well, we have a quite a quite a uh, interesting group with us today. And uh, Bill, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? Well, Gary, we are honored to have today with us Julian uh, Najer, who is uh, the founder of a soldier's wish list. Now, the organization, uh, as Julianne uh, uh, provides, started in 2003 when her son Dennis was called to serve in the Second Gulf War. The organization became officially a nonprofit in 2004. Uh, Four servicemen, uh, as of 2012, became a part of uh, uh, the organization's assistance. And, uh, uh, Gary, this is an astounding number of 498,000 who have benefited with 200,000 adoptions. That's unbelievable. Uh, and and, and Julianne, uh, interestingly enough, was involved with sending packages to Vietnam veterans during the Tet Offensive. And I have to personally thank her for that because I was in Vietnam at that time, and uh, we always depended on those uh, 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 care packages, as we called at that time. And maybe we, I did receive one from, from Julianne, and if, uh, if it came our way, thanks, Julianne. Julianne says, never again will our men and women be treated as they were treated in Vietnam. And I think that is a great commitment on her part with her organization. Julian, welcome to the American Heroes Network. Welcome, Julie. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. And Julie, let's, let's all start from the beginning. I know he did make a, a rough draft as far as, uh, you know, how, how it started for you um, back in 2003. But what gave you that initiative? To, to start something uh, which ends up as powerful, a very powerful uh, nonprofit for you? Well, when my son, my son was in the Army, and then he got out and went into the National Guard, when he was called up in 2003 to go to Kuwait, um, I had gone down to say goodbye to him, and I noticed there was four young men there, two of them, their families only lived about 20 minutes away, didn't even come to say goodbye, and that really made me feel bad, so I asked if I could send them packages, and they said, sure, so it started out with two, and then four, and then pretty soon it was 60, and then 80, and I'm retired, and I was running out of funds, I couldn't afford it, so I went and paid for it myself, and got a lawyer, and became a nonprofit in September of 2004. And then my son came home from Kuwait and was called up with a different unit, and they sent him to Iraq in 2006. And he arrived in Iraq, in a place called El Takedum, Iraq, and he was there for a month, and he was doing night patrol, and they hit an IED. And my son has now has a traumatic brain injury, MS, and in a wheelchair. So that's and when I first started this, I noticed, I, I didn't know how to do this, so I noti- notified many different groups. And all of the groups either wanted my Social Security number, they wanted control, or they wanted me to donate money to them. Are and I kidding? didn't think that was fair. I thought everybody that feels as I do 
should be able to do what they want to do to help these young men and women. So I started a soldier's wish list, which is basically just what it says. We try to fulfill wishes of combat troops. And, you know, some, of course, are very, you know, we wouldn't be able to do them, but most of it we've been able to do. But it's not, it's not like an assembly line. We don't send a soldier in Iraq the same thing that we would send a soldier in Afghanistan. It depends on what they miss from home, and that's what we basically base everything we do on. Well, what you're doing here is unbelievable. Um, and uh, again, they wanted now. Who was it? Other the other organizations that uh, you were trying to partner with? They wanted all this information from you. Yeah, there was four different groups, and I'm not saying they're bad or anything. It's just that right. it was when in 2003 when we first went into Iraq, there was a lot of misinformation, uh, a lot of people trying to do what they probably did during World War II or whatever, but these are, it's a different generation and different wants and needs. So you cannot just do an assembly line and send things that you think they would want. And I think what turned it for me was um, I got a, uh, a letter from a young Marine in Afghanistan, and he just said, please, do not send me any more baby wipes. I can't <laughs> use baby wipes. <laughs> so that's when I decided we really need to concentrate on what they need. Like a young airman from Florida had asked for uh, saltwater taffy. So I was able to get a connection with an adopter that we connect with, and she got him saltwater taffy, a case of it. So he was ecstatic, but that's that's just a kind of, of an example of many, many wishes that we have fulfilled. And it made it difficult when... I called these different groups, and this one group was very adamant, you know, wanting my Social Security number, and I'm like, why do you want my Social Security number? Right. Well, we're going to do a background check. I said, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're That's not. Yeah. So, and I'm very careful about the adopters who sign up. Um, I mean, we've had thousands of them, but I'm very careful about, after a while, you kind of get a feeling for someone who's trying to steer you wrong or use it as a dating service, which happens, or even troops. I've had troops sign up that were not legit. And you can tell over the years we've gotten very good at, we look at the zip code. If it doesn't start with the 093, it's not in a combat area unless it is with the Marines or um, something to do. Like um, there's another group of contractors, you know, special contractors. And... We don't just do, um, like, just strictly military. We have contractors that have signed up that were previous military, and now they're over in an area, and they usually sign up wanting things for the orphanage or for the children in the different areas. We also have sent gifts to, uh, we got a nice, nice thank you from the New Zealand soldiers because they were part of a unit that was assigned to Iraq. And so we adopted them, too, because they were part of it. We got a young man named Obambi from Nigeria, who was National Guard from Nigeria, assigned to the Marines in Iraq. And we adopted him. And he's still our, to this day, he's still our friend. You know, he sends us pictures of his children, and he's back in Nigeria. But a lot of people are surprised that we as Americans will also include those who are 
fighting this war on terrorism because a lot of them are from very poor countries. So, yes. you know, we try to include anybody and everybody that is legit. Making sure that they're legit is one of the funnest things to do. I mean, I get people that sign up that want all this stuff, and I find, and I know they're just pulling my leg or, you know, trying to get information. And people have to be very careful. I always tell the adopters, if you have any doubt about somebody, number one, don't ever adopt a soldier, sailor, airman, marine, or coast guard unless you know the background of the group you're adopting them from. Like we're a 501c3, a high rating with the Better Business Bureau. Um, notify me, and I have a contact who's a lieutenant colonel, and he will do, he'll find out for me if this is really legit or not. And we have a lot that... Well, they're not military, but they'll sign up saying that, you know, they're looking for someone to help them or their children are in a dire strait and they're in a combat. It's a, it's a hoax. It's, it's just a hoax. So well, not only do we make sure that our combat troops get what they miss from home, but we, all make, we also make sure that whoever's signing up to adopt or to, be, to receive gifts are also legitimate. Wow, some good information. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Julie, with a soldier's wish list. And, Bill, do you have a question? Well, yes, Gary. Uh, Julie, just before the, we had the break, you were talking about uh, the adopters that you work with. Give our listening audience uh, a little description of who these folks are and 
this is a good opportunity if someone who would might wish to be an adopter, how they can proceed in becoming an adopter with your great organization. Sure. Um, on our website, www.asoldierswishlist.org, and all the information is there. And on the top, it'll say, you know, people that want to adopt a trooper or a soldier, sailor, airman, or marine who wants to sign up. And once they sign up, I'm the only one that gets that information. And on there is all the information, like in regards to an adopter. They must fill it all out. They must have a phone number for contact information and their address. And then I ask them to please be specific if they would like to adopt a male or a female or if they're looking for a specific um, service member. But I do not in any way, shape, or form, allow anybody to be, you know, pick um, a certain, you know, religion or ethnic background or anything like that. Those are put in the trash, and then then I block them because then they can't do it again. And I also let other groups know if people are doing that because you do have people that will play that kind of game. But once the people have filled out this information, then the soldier, sailor, airman, marine, coast guard will fill out their information and then I connect the two. And the big thing I try to do is it won't be a hometown. It will be a state. So we try to connect the combat soldier, or sorry, airman and marine, sorry, that is serving. We try to connect them with someone from their home state if we can. Because that kind of connection makes it easier for the person doing the adopting to relate to them. Um, as an example, I had a young guy sign up from Guam. And I've spent most of my life in Hawaii, but I didn't have anybody from Guam to send him packages. So I thought, well, I'll just do it myself. Well, the week after he signed up, I had a young lady sign up from Guam. So connected the two, and she, he became like her second son. And what happens, like with so many of them, um, they become part of the family, you know, the the combat person comes home, and they're invited to birthday parties, weddings, uh, whatever. It's a connection that is for, for life. And we have a lot of um, the combat troops that will serve once. They'll come back, they'll, and they will sign up again. I have one, who um, Aiden, who has signed up seven times, and he's been with us for a long time. He was originally from Bosnia. At 10 years old, his father was severely wounded in Bosnia. He came to America when he was old enough, joined the American Army, and now I think he is a staff sergeant, if I remember correctly. But he was like, he was funny because the, the background of what he, how he was raised, he didn't understand why we couldn't go to Iraq, just bomb it, make it a parking lot and come home, is what he told me, because he just didn't understand um, why this was carried out for so long. But he's a a great guy, and this is one of many that we've had. I had a Marine come and knock on my door that he was one of our first Marines, and um, I was surprised. I didn't recognize him because he wasn't in uniform, but I've had a lot of them come and just to say thank you, say thank you to all these people that have done this for him. So people can go on the website, and they can fill out that information, and it usually takes me five to seven days because I always do it check on everybody, and then they will get the, all the information. And what the combat troop signs up is all their information, their birth date, what they missed from home, anything special that they want to share with their adopter, because the more information the adopter gets, 
the more they can pinpoint exactly uh, what to send to this combat. And um, as an example, some of the stuff, like I was invited to meet with George Bush in 2006, just before my son was wounded. And I was one of 15 from 15 different states. And these people were great. They were awesome. But those that were sending packages were sending the same thing. It was like an assembly line. We're we're the only group that does strictly just does wishes. And I decided not to go anymore because you had so many people coming up telling you, instead of learning from each other, it was like we were doing everything wrong. And we decided that it was not the thing that we needed to do. (laughs) So that's the short version. Sorry. Yeah. No problem. uh, Julie, it seems like uh, the, the important takeaway from this is that you are the screener and you are the filter of those individuals who uh, officially uh, become uh, adopters. And that's great uh, because uh, you've been doing this, I would imagine, for some uh, time. It's got to be since 2003 and 2004. So uh, you know those kinds of things that give you uh, maybe not that warm and fuzzy feeling that this person might or uh, may not be a a good person to be a part of the adoption program. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I can give you an example. I had a young um, airman sign up. And I was very suspicious because of the zip code. The zip code is the first thing they'll give you away. And so I looked up the zip code. It was in Panama. So I called the base in Panama, and I asked to speak to the commanding officer. And they said, well, he was out on maneuvers out someplace, and, but he'll call me back. So I didn't think anything about it. And it wasn't even 10 minutes, and he called me back. Very gruff. <laughs> and he said, tell me the story. And I said, well, somebody from your base, is calling one of our adopters who happens to be a gold star mother. She lost her son in Iraq, and she's part of our group in Oregon. And she was in tears because this woman was uh, scolding her on the phone about who to vote for in an election, and we don't do political stuff. And so my, the friend called me, and so that's when I looked up the number to find out what it was. Well, the commanding officer was furious. And on the phone, he says, walk with me. And I'm going, oh, okay, whatever. And he walked up to her and her, um, whoever was in in charge of her, with him. And I could hear him talking to her. And she lost her um, privileges on the computer. And right then and there, he demoted her. And then he gets back on the phone. He said, so, how's that? And I go, oh, my goodness. (laughs) I'm impressed. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, but she deserved it, and that's just some of the stuff that, I mean, I have people that try to intimidate me or intimidate some of our adopters, um, people that try to get money from some of our adopters, and that's why I always tell people, the longer this, no matter who it is, it, it, the Iraq war could be over, Afghanistan could be over, it's always going to be, our troops are going to be serving somewhere. They don't get to choose what is a good war, bad war, where they want to serve. They raise their hand to serve. So the least we can do is support them. So when people try to get me involved in politics, that's the first thing I say is I'm not Republican, Democrat, or Independent. I'm an American. And my very first thing is to help our troops. I would like to believe that if my son 
was here that he someone would do the same thing for him. And mothers are just, I have mothers calling me up going, they were uh, thrilled that somebody, and a Marine told me too, somebody that they don't even know would send them a package just because they want to support them. And a good example of people not doing what they're supposed to, I had a young lady sign up in 2006 for a soldier. I had a soldier sign up who was in Iraq, and Joshua had filled out all the information, everything that he wanted. Well, this young lady went on vacation, and she got back about two months later and said, oh, you know, I forgot. You know, it's no big deal. Why don't you just send me the name again? Well, after I reprimanded her big time, I deleted her, and I went out and bought everything off of Joshua's list from myself. I mean, it was a big box of everything for Joshua. Sent it to Joshua, and about three months later, I got an email from his father from Minnesota saying he wanted to thank me very much for sending the package to Joshua. But Joshua had been killed the day before he got the box. That's why I'm adamant about, in the paragraph, it says, when you adopt a soldier, sailor, airman, and marine coast guard, you will send them out a package ASAP within the first week. If you can't do it, let me know. I'll reassign it or do it myself. But we don't know what could happen to any of these combat troops. And to say that your life is more important than theirs, uh, right. I don't buy that. Especially if someone can take a two-month vacation. <laughs> well, she said she took it. I think she just plain forgot. She just It wasn't important to her. And no. I got the impression that she was trying to, it was the expression, hook up, kind of, whatever. I don't think she was really, you know, important. And I have people that will sign up and say, I want someone who's 19 or 20. Or, um, and no, I don't do that. Mm. Age is not something that I, it, that's not important to me. Or, you know, you have women that will sign up. And sometimes you could kind of get a bad vibe. I had a young lady sign up, and she wanted a certain kind of soldier. She wanted him to have dark hair. And <laughs> I, I called the phone number, and I got a hold of her mother. She was 13 years old. <laughs> oh, you know, I could get into a lot of trouble. And yeah. I think it kind of, I'm sorry? I just, I just agreed with you. <laughs> That's outrageous. Well, I think it kind of, it kind of puts um, like I can remember I was 17 when I first adopted um, the army and the you know, army guys, and they were Company A, Fifth Battalion, Seventh Cavalry, First Air Cav Division in Vietnam. I still have their picture with Vietnam mud on it, and I was, I didn't have any money. I was going to this hunky dunk airline school, and my girlfriend and I put slugs in the candy machine. And broke the machine and took all the candy and put it in a box and we sent it to this. And I'm sure when they got it, it was probably the biggest mess they ever saw in their life. But they were, they wrote me a letter and they sent me a Christmas card saying that was the nicest gift they ever got. And I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> but it was just the idea that someone was sending them something. And in those days, uh, addresses, names and addresses were printed in the newspaper. You know, that's how I got the names. It wasn't mm -hmm. like now to where you have to be much more careful. Right. Exactly. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a short break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Julie, with a soldier's wish list. And, Bill, you had a question? Well, Julie, believe it or not, today... Our men and women are serving in approximately 145 countries around the world. Many of those countries, a large number in Africa. Uh, it, 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 I, I'm very interested in knowing how today, and with your history going back to Vietnam, how does the wish list in terms of things that our men and women request comparing Vietnam down through the wars that you've been working with? Well, during Vietnam, of course, you know, I would get letters, and the letters would take anywhere up to a month or longer to get, and they never asked for anything specific because they never were in one place, as you know, were you there. They were never there long enough to be able to receive a lot of items, so we did a lot of guesswork, my friend and I. But um, nowadays, it's very specific, and I can get the information. They sign up, and, of course, with the computer, I get it immediately. And depending on where they're at, um, they can get packages anywhere from five to seven days. When they were in Iraq during the initial push, it would take seven, five to seven days to get a package to El Takedim or Fallujah, Iraq. Nowadays, because when they pulled out, they left 500 there 
and now they're back in there again. It's not the APO post office. It's the DPO, which is a diplomatic post office, and they play games with me, which I'm very, I mean, I'm so angry with them because if it's too heavy, they don't want to move it. And we have um, troops that are serving in Iraq. They used to have a contest. They were in one part of at the Euphrates River, and we'd send them golf balls and golf clubs, and they'd see who could reach Saddam Hussein's palace across the Euphrates River, which is impossible. But it was good downtime, and they loved it. Well, this last year, we sent golf clubs and golf balls, and, you know, this money for postage comes out of our pocket. And all of them but two came back. Two went through, and the other ones came back saying that it, it was too large and couldn't send. And yet they were all the same size. So then I get into this contest battle or whatever, why would you allow two boxes to go through and not these? So me, I don't you know, really care. I wrote a letter to President Trump. You play golf. Why can't these guys that are in combat area have golf clubs and golf balls? I haven't heard anything yet, but I just wanted to bring that up in case anybody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We, we get a lot of golf clubs donated. We get, oh my goodness, 40, 50 boxes of golf balls. And this is so good for their downtime because um, when they're doing patrols, as you know, sir, we're doing patrols, you you have to concentrate totally on that. And then all of a sudden you're like, downtime. You have to have something to get your mind off it. We send a lot of games, puzzles, but golf clubs and golf balls were the most popular thing that we could have sent. Well, now we can't do it because I can't afford the postage and then to have it come back. But we have people that will um, sign up for things that are sometimes comical. I had a young man in Afghanistan, Army. He asked for a Lamborghini. Okay, (laughs) cute. This is cute. (laughs) We sent him two, remote control, and they had races in the mountains in Afghanistan. We have um, a young man... That we send, we do a lot of baked goods, a lot of homemade baked goods. We had a young man that was in Afghanistan, and we sent him a lot of baked goods, and and then we also sent a lot of clothes for the orphanage there and for the children. And we're talking many, many boxes. So he sent me a picture. Paul McLean, great guy, sent me a picture of him and his um, group sitting in front of a big a big mountain, a cave. And what it was, was these children came up to Paul and took his uh, platoon or whatever, I'm sorry, and took them to this cave and showed them where they, the insurgents had hidden IEDs, ammunition, and explosives to blow up these troops. Because of these children, these guys were able to find it. So he took a picture and he sent it to me, so I use it on our postcard. But to me, that tells us a lot about how you can change hearts and minds at a very young age. And he was, to this day, he's still my friend on there. Um, We have a captain from St. Louis. He loves Emo Pizza. And Emo Pizza's only in St. Louis. And he was in Iraq. And his wife called up and asked if we could send Emo's Pizza to him. And we did. We got 25 of the Emo Pizza, and then we got... um, uh, the other pizza, can't remember the name of it right now, and we sent them a hundred of them. And they got the pizzas, and they were frozen, and they would put them in um, styrofoam coolers. And when he got them, they were still semi-frozen, 
and he got him on his birthday. And the unit from Illinois National Guard had just arrived. So this young man sent us a picture of him making pizzas for himself on his birthday with the National Guard. And we sent pizza to Afghanistan to a lieutenant colonel who has been with us three times. Um, We sent to Chaplain Johnson. Uh, He's been with us four times in four different deployments. Um, Jesus Alvarez has been with us four times. And all these guys sign up. And it's not just for them. It's not, in fact, it really isn't for them. They sign up so that they can share this with their whole unit. And the more they ask for, the better it is for us that we can plan ahead. Like now we're getting ready for Christmas. And we, last year we sent over 2,000 Christmas gifts, Christmas trees, ornaments, and over 500 pounds of baked goods. So we get ready for Christmas so that we can um, get an idea on what these young men and women would like that they miss from home. And every gift is wrapped. Every gift, I'm adamant, has to have a bow on it. <laughs> and then we ask them to sign up their children. It's, um, we do Christmas for combat, children of combat troops. Because they can't be there for Christmas for their children, they sign up and they give us the ages of their children, uh, what their names are, what their favorite things are, and who the contact person is. And then I have people, I still, right now I have 20 that have already signed up to adopt, so-called adopt these children, and they send them Christmas gifts that they will be getting at Christmas from their father. And a lot of them are young. They don't understand, you know, why their dad can't be there. So we do this, too. And this is really um, grown. I mean, and it's really great. And then we also have a lot of families will um, also send a package to the wife or the husband who is taking care of the children. And it's real popular. We get pictures at Christmas time of these children opening the gifts from their father or their mother, whoever, you know, whatever the case may be. So, did I answer the question? Sorry. <laughs> yes, you did, uh, uh, Julie. And it's amazing how technology has changed things because I was just thinking as you were speaking that, uh, you know, uh, I couldn't call home in real time uh, when I was in Vietnam to uh, speak to any of my family members. And now, you know, folks go uh, uh, to wherever their postal duty is with uh, cell phones and uh, computers, and uh, it makes it uh, a lot uh, easier to stay in contact. Uh, but, Julie, I, I'm, I'm looking at your website. It's a very impressive group of volunteers that you have that are working with you uh, in the organization. Tell us about these volunteers that work with you and uh, if there may be some folks who might be interested in volunteering and uh, uh, let them know uh, what uh, your group of volunteers are involved in. Sure. We have, um, it's grown a lot. We have some that's, a lot of them are uh, mothers of, of combat troops. Are a lot of, and there's some that, um, their husbands served in World War II. Almost everybody has somebody that's in the military. And we do a lot of collection. We have a list of things that we need for Christmas. We publish that list. We send it out to different places. And these different volunteers in their different areas will collect this stuff so that we can get it up here. We have a container that we get every year from Fry Wagner, and we put everything in the container to get it ready so that we can send them out for Christmas. 
So we have people, Gold Star Mothers, we have the Blue Star Mothers that come from um, another town in southern Missouri. We have people from Illinois, and everybody comes that day. And we also have Vietnam vets. The VVA Chapter 1028 come from Fenton, Missouri, and they are awesome. They, these, as, like yourself, sir, they totally understand what it's like to be in this situation. So they want to give back like they never got. So they're adamant about helping out and packing golf clubs, which was really hard on some of these backs. I mean, we're not young, but these guys were fantastic. Um, We have different church groups that will sign up to come and help. And the thing is, too, is people from all over the United States. I have people from Florida, uh, Massachusetts, California, Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, that will um, sense that we, they get the list and they'll send it to me, or they, which is easier, send a check because then we can go out and purchase items. But people that want to get involved, they want their name on a Christmas card to Sergeant whatever saying, we're thinking of you and this is our gift to you. And we make sure that card goes with the gift to whoever this is going to. So we always encourage people, of course, they can get involved. Um, A lot of it is to even to adopt a soldier, sailor, airman, or marine coast guard. They can go online and adopt. And then that way, the person is getting specifically um, what they miss. I know that in Vietnam, it was was a little difficult, but these guys appreciated what they got. Then I did it for the first Gulf War, and I was working at the hotel in Hawaii, and we adopted a Marine unit. When they came back, we threw them a big party at the hotel. I was not too popular with my general manager, (laughs) but we threw a big party, and we invited 100 Vietnam vets. I got to tell you this this story. You're going to love this story. We had in the big ballroom at the Hyatt Regency Waikolo on the Big Island, and I had to give a speech, and I talked about um, Doyle Travis Anderson, who was someone I adopted who was in Vietnam. And Doyle was so excited to be able to serve his country. And he wrote me a letter saying, when I come home, they're going to treat me just like they did in the movies with John for John Wayne. And um, he was driving an ambulance, and he hit a mine and was killed. So one day I was in the store, and my mom told me if I knew this guy. And I said, well, yeah, I wrote letters to him. Well, his mother was in, and she was crying. She didn't have anything of Doyle's, nothing. So I went home, got all the letters I had of Doyle's, and I put them in a package, and I gave them to her. That's all she had left of her son. And I'll never, ever forget something so minor could change somebody's life like that did. So when I was telling him the story, and I was in the ballroom, we had all these Marines on the left, and we had all these Vietnam vets on the right, and one of them had no arms and no legs. He'd been in Vietnam six months, six weeks, I'm sorry, and he was on a little pallet thing that he pushes himself around. The Marines stood up, and they yelled attention, and they saluted um, the Vietnam vets. Well, when they got through, the vets did the same thing to the Marines. When I got through, this Marine came up to me and grabbed my arm, and he said, you've got to come with me. You're not going to believe this. And he takes me over to this Vietnam vet. This, this colonel in the Marine Corps had served with this Vietnam vet, and the last time he saw him was in the jungles of Vietnam, and he knew he didn't make it. They were ambushed, and his friend didn't make it. That's the first time that this colonel got to see Brown. 
he did, and they hadn't seen each other in that many years. That's the kind of stories that, like, oh, my God, there really is, miracles can happen. And this, to me, was really, that's what made me feel like, i got to keep doing this. This is just, it's just something we just have to keep doing. And then when we threw the party for them, and then, of course, then my son involved, and um, I got involved with this one. But, it, you know, I have friends that will tell me, well, well, aren't you glad they pulled out of Iraq and now that it's over? And I said, no, it's never over. We have a soldier who was killed in Africa. We send packages to Africa. We send packages to South Korea. Um, a war zone is wherever they're serving outside the continental United States. Even in the States can be a war zone. But serving outside the continental United States is a war zone. You never know. You never know. Like we sent packages to Bosnia, and one of our soldiers in Bosnia was shot at. Um, so you just don't know, and we don't, we don't say, okay, we're not going to send you a package because, after all, you're in South Korea. There's nothing happening. That's not true. Uh, I get horror stories, and I always tell people, if you really want to know what's going on with our combat troops, don't listen to the news. Don't listen to the media. You ask boots on the ground. Boots on the ground will tell you exactly what's going on. I heard things, and I'm not going to bring them up. I mean, I heard things from my combat troops I never, ever would have got on the news. So I, I respect them a lot more than I would somebody that's sensationalizing a lot of stuff. And I get information that is just horrendous. But, and I have, um, I have eight binders of pictures from when I first started all these troops. And I have um, letters, cards that I save. Someday when I'm gone, hopefully someone will um, keep these because it's part of our history and part of we should never forget what these young men and women go through so that we don't repeat uh, what happened in Vietnam. And another thing, too, is when I was in the White House and George Bush sitting right next to me, and short story, my feet hurt so bad I wanted to go sit in a comfortable chair because I'm a country girl. I don't like dressing up. And I found this nice, big, comfortable chair. So I sat down. I look up. All of a sudden, George Bush is walking right to me. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. And then it dawned on me. I was sitting in those big chairs that heads of state sit in when they come to visit the president. <laughs> I, it didn't dawn on me. And Laura Bush was sitting on the uh, sofa. President Bush came up and whispered in my ear, the president of Peru just sat in that chair. Did he warm it up for you? And I'm thinking, you know, I could say something smart, but I could get kicked out of here. <laughs> but he was so nice. And he sat right down, and he, he answered questions. He talked to us. I'm not a political person, but I listened to what he had to say. And all of a sudden, he turned to me, because I had a name tag, that's the only reason, and he asked me, Julianne, and took my hand in his two hands, and he said, I want you to tell me what you think. And I told him about Adam Plumador, the Gold Star mother in Oregon who lost her son, Adam. He was killed in Iraq, and he had been hit three or four times, and the third time he was killed, protecting his troops. Young man. And I said, his mother puts out um, a bottle of make, markers, Maker's Mark or something. I'm not a... I don't know what this Maker's Mark, I think it is, some liquor. She puts it out in front of her tree that she planted for her son because that was his favorite. And Laura Bush goes, oh, my goodness. And George Bush had tears in his eyes, and he took my hand, and he said, not on my watch. It'll never happen on my watch. And I just said, 
whatever, and I don't know where it came from, just came out. I said, whatever you do, don't treat our troops like they were treated in Vietnam. If you ask our troops to do something, let them finish the job. You're not the one that should. It should be the people that are on the ground. So that was a, I, it was a great, I mean, I got to get lots and I met lots of great people. We had to have our picture taken with the president. These photographers are awful. <laughs> I mean, they're pushing people over, getting out there, and the girl next to me says, so, Julianne, what do you think of all this? And I just told her, I said, Angelina Jolie, eat your heart out. And we started laughing. <laughs> the photographers got mad and told us we had to start over. <laughs> but I'm not, a, I'm not a serious person as far as I'm not impressed with um, politicians or anybody like that. I, I'm just not. To me, I'm really impressed. Somebody asked me if I could have anybody in the world to meet again, who would I want to meet? Without a doubt, I said General Westmoreland, because I got a letter from him when I, from Vietnam when I sent packages. I would love to have met General Westmoreland. I think he was underrated, and I think he was a great general, or General Patton. But see, I'm not into, you know, like somebody else, like, you know, you want to meet a president or something like that. I want to meet somebody that makes a difference in these young men and women's lives. Okay, sorry. Right. Oh, do you have an events, any events coming up in the future, in your future? Yes, we have. Yeah, we have. Um, we do, what we do is we have this thing on, on October 13th. It's called a wrap and pack. We go to Walmart and people, we give them a flyer. They go in and they purchase the items off the flyer, bring them to us, and we wrap them and they can fill out a Christmas card for a soldier, and then that goes out. The big one we have is November 3rd. And we're going to be sending out between two and 3,000 uh, Christmas gifts that are going to be all wrapped, and they're going to be going to various units. I, I think i got four units right now, but we try to make sure we have all branches of the service so that everybody is, um, uh, gets a package. We just got through doing 200 packages for the Marines, Captain Brickens unit in um, Al-Takeda, Iraq, where my son was wounded, which I'd never met anybody from there before. And we sent them 200 packages. They were thrilled to think they would get Christmas in July, we call it. So they got Christmas gifts. They got baked goods. The captain wrote back to me and said the most popular thing was they got all those baked goods. It didn't last five minutes with those Marines because most of them haven't been home for eight months. And that was a big deal to them. So that's the big thing is November 3rd. Too bad you can't get all the Walmarts together throughout the country. I know, I know. That would be be nice. I always say there's there's about 80 people that take credit, but there's really four of us that bust butt, you know, um, trying to get it. We we work hard to get this organized to make it look like it's an easy, PC thing in November, Um, but it takes a lot of coordination. Fry Wagner donates our containers so we can store all our stuff in. We go around collecting all the Halloween candy because we use those for what we call fillers to put them in between the gifts to make our weight. And the post office does not give us um, a break. So we try to, you know, like just for the regular large flat rate boxes, the game boxes we call them, they're $17.05. So... When you times that times two thousand, that's a lot. Our postage usually runs us between six and nine thousand dollars, just for postage. Wow. So, well, you know, uh, Julie, 
Uh, we only have a couple minutes left, and it was a pleasure having you on the show, and we definitely would like to have you back, uh, so let's say, uh, around the Christmas season again, and that way we can okay. possibly help you out, okay? Okay. It All was right. great talking to you, and great talking to you, too, mm-hmm. Bill. Thank you so much for your service. Well, uh, Julie, what would you like to, what would you like to uh, share with our listeners in closing? That we don't forget our troops. They don't get to choose where to serve. They serve. Like a young man told me when I was saying goodbye to my son, he said, you know, it scares me. I'm going to Iraq. How do I stay alive? I don't know how to stay alive there. He was 18 years old. How do you answer a question like that? I don't know. I'm not, I don't serve. But um, we must never forget our troops, I guess. That's true. And Bill? Well, Julie... Thank you for your service because you are making a difference with our men and women who serve this great country. And uh, I must tell you, you've got a tremendous wealth of knowledge. You are a reservoir of information. And I certainly hope uh, one day, and maybe soon as possible, that you would consider writing a book about your experiences in helping veterans. If I, a lot of people have told me that, especially what happened to my son, the abuse my son went through with the, with the VA. So, yeah, maybe right. someday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much. God bless you both. Thank, Thank you. you. If you missed it, right. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on the website and syndicated on iTunes. You can also hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Be safe out there. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice.